tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. And welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Uh, we got a very special, fun episode here today. We're going to get into a little bit more of the occult, what it is, Western uh, uh, mysticism, let's say, white magic, black magic, all that good stuff that you, the Swarm, love. Hello, Swarm. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for your love and support. I hope you guys are uh, having a wonderful week. Uh, man, a lot of crazy stuff going on. So uh, gigs are here. Gigs aren't here. I, I, I just, you know... I'm supposed to be in San Diego today. That didn't happen. Uh, so the, I'm rescheduling everything. Go to samtriply.com. You know, uh, Johnny, uh, joining me as always is my good friend. Uh, I don't know if he's going to go to screen, but you can hear him. Uh, please welcome Johnny Woodard. How are you, Johnny? I'm good, man. What's, what's going on? You having Johnny, a, have do you a... know what they're calling my uh, comedy runs that I'm doing? Yeah, you told me, but I please They're say called it. suicide runs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but luckily I'm taking my vitamin D, my vitamin K, and my vitamin uh, C. I'm, I'm powering these things down, dude, like a grown-ass man doing grown-ass shit. So I'm super excited about that. So I will come to you. Uh, I'm going to be doing uh, Johnny's Favorite Club. Uh, I was supposed to be set in August to do Johnny's Goodnight Charlie's, right? It used to be Charlie Goodnights. Now it's just Goodnights. Okay, Goodnights. I was supposed to do that, but that's got to be rescheduled. So we're working off, you know, I, I got to do this from home, guys. So sorry about the babies in the background. That's Raleigh, babies North Carolina. What's that? That's Raleigh, North Carolina, Goodnights. If I'm you're in North Carolina. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. Guys, new t-shirts up. Guess what? The new t-shirts are up and we got the new NASA nasty shirts those are available just go to tinfoilhattshirts.com support the show the patreon is on fire daily doses every day patreon.com black backslash or forward slash tinfoil hat every day there is a uh i try to put up a new episode for you uh what's going on in the world and uh i'm trying every day sometimes i'll do three a week sometimes i do five a week uh, you know, but I try to do it every day during the week. So we'll, we'll see what we can do. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, what else is going on, Johnny? Broken Sim. It, the people are talking about Broken Sim. It is one of the hottest new shows out there. If you love the apocalypse, you'll love the Sports Center for the apocalypse, right, Johnny? Sure. For the apocalypse. That's Broken Sim. It's available on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com backslash uh, Sam Tripoli Comedy. And uh, you can find it there. My spiritual talk for babies there as well. It's and also available wherever you listen to podcasts and audio. Anywhere, yeah. anywhere, anywhere. You name it, you can listen to it there. And we are super excited about that show. It's been going really well. And guys, if you like sports, check out punchdrunksports.com or Punch Drunk Sports with Jason Tebow, myself, Johnny. Uh, occasionally, Ari Shafir will show up. And uh, we talk, it's about an hour. I don't have show and we talk about five minutes of sports and then we just, uh, we just, we just say stuff that will get us all canceled. It's the number one show to say stuff that gets you canceled, but we don't get canceled. I think uh, Ari Shafir has actually been replaced by Ghost, if I'm not mistaken, as the co-host of the show. So. Oh, my daughter has made a, uh, a couple appearances and word is ratings are up when that happens. They are. Yeah, that's People true. People love babies. In sitcoms, that's when you destroy a, a show. In podcasting, that's when the numbers go up. People right. love to watch babies on podcasts talking about the most politically incorrect sports. So go check that out. That's a Punch Drunk Sports. Uh, one of the, I'm not afraid to say one of the oldest sports comedy podcasts out there, probably one of the originals. Guys, before we bring in our guests, I'm, who I'm super excited to have on, uh, today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Raycon, Raycon Air Buds. 
are very the top shelf, man. Whether you're working at home or you're working on your fitness or you just want to listen to your favorite podcast like Tinfoil Hat, uh, ear, ear Buds are the best and Raycons are the best that you already know. Raycon Ear Buds start at half the price of the other premium wireless earbuds on the, on the market and that they sound just as amazing as the other brands, audio brands. The, the newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds are the best ones yet with six hours of playing time. Hey, Martha, do you love your earbuds? They got them in right now. She sleeps with them. We, we've actually had sex where she uh, listens to her favorite podcast as I'm going to Pound Town. Okay, thank you, earbuds. Uh, they are the best ones yet with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, and more bass and more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit, which I could have used right now while Ghost was crying. Raycon e- wireless earbuds are the most comfortable perfect for your conference calls or binging your podcast okay my girl loves them it's it's really saved our relationship her ability to tune me out when i talk has helped us last longer than anything else in our relationship okay uh you may have heard of all the cool uh celebrities that are involved with this we have ray j right who basically started the whole kardashian uh, uh empire snoop dogg cardi b Alyssa etheridge brandy who loves you jr smith Laker, we won't hold that against them, are obsessed with Raycon. So here's what we're going to do, dude. Now, for, for this time, you want to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash Sam. That is buyraycon.com slash Sam for 15% off your Raycon wireless earbuds, okay? B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C. O-N dot com slash Sam. Thank you, Raycon Earbuds, for uh, supporting Tinfoil Hat. His Tinfoil Hat is for the people, all right? Um, we're super proud to have this gentleman on. He was nice enough to work with me because, you know, when you have twins, you just never know when you got to rock and roll and you got to get out and take them to the doctor or they're crying, who knows why. Uh, but they do, and I love them with all my heart. So he's nice enough to reschedule for today. Uh, joining us is a, an occultic, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say a magician. I mean, he's a man of wonder. I mean, the guy, look at him right now. It is, it is July, and he looks like he is solving murder mysteries, uh, <laughs> Doctor Who style, out of a phone booth. We don't even have phone booths anymore. This guy, that's how he gets around, is in a phone booth. Uh, please welcome occultist, uh, uh, superstar, the man, the myth, the legend, Adam Mystery. How are you, brother? Howdy. Thank you for having me on. Adam, where are you located out generally? So you don't give the location because all these groupies are going to be all over you. But generally, okay. where are you at? Generally in Australia. And if oh. you want to be a little more general, Queensland. I love Australia. I love everything about Australia. The uh, women are wonderful. They're all super tall and pregnant, which are my two <laughs> favorite things in life, which is Amazons and not pulling out. So I really had a great time in you guys play a really – if it's too much for you, I'm sorry about that. I'll keep it Christian. Uh, no, no, that's you know, very but, funny. But, but uh, you guys have an amazing sport out there called netball, right? Like Americans don't know yeah. about netball, which is basically where very attractive women in miniskirts yes. play basketball. Yes. And it, it, I don't know how that has gotten any bigger, but it is a wonderful sport. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's all right. It's all hey, right. brother, I love you. Uh, you, you have a very interesting style right now. I would, I'm going to say you are the first ever guest on Tim Fall Hat to Wear a Scarf, so thank you. You have uh, <laughs> well, It's cold right now, even though I'm in Australia. It's cold? Yeah. Well, no, we're, in, you, we're in winter. Yeah, there we go. Now, see, I was public educated in America. Johnny knew that, and that's why he was laughing at me the whole time. I didn't know that. Thank you. That was a great podcast. Thanks for coming on. That was a uh, winter <laughs> podcast uh, with... Uh, so, Adam, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you and uh, where they can find you. Oh, well, I don't know if I want to say where I am or no, like say a, if I even want to be stuff like say that. even if I want to be found. Okay. But nonetheless, a little bit about me is yeah. I've been studying, you know, occult topics for about ten years now. I would say for those who know more about occultism, my spine is gnostic. <laughs> 
but everything else kind of revolves around it. So I dip into, you know, all the good stuff, uh, you know, Kabbalah, Hermeticism, Rosicrucianism, alchemy, generally all the, all the good Western esoteric things. Yeah, I like Sufism and I like, my mom's been a Buddhist for 20 years and things like that. So it's not like I'm a Western supremacist in the esoteric tradition or anything like that, but nonetheless, that's, that's kind of like my main shtick. I like that stuff more than the other stuff. Well, I love that, dude. I love, I mean, like I get very nervous about the occult to be honest with mm. you. Cause I no, think some fine. people dance with the darkness and yeah. uh, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to summon any demons or anything like that, but I love to hear about what's out there because it, it just, anytime I can learn something that tells mm. me that our reality is so much more interesting than they yes. ever let us on is just something that excites me. You guys can't see, but with the super tight shirt on, my nipples are very hard. When I hear the word occult, I go, boom, I go diamond hard. And that's why I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, so where do you want to start, brother? I mean, there's so much we can get into. Yeah, there is. Uh, well, what, I, what, talk, tell me a little bit about Western uh, esoteric, you know what yeah. I'm saying. So like the word, like you can say Western occultism or Western mysticism, but mysticism might be a little bit misleading because it has almost a religious tone to it. And occultism has become misleading because it then gets connected with all the, you know, the demonologist stuff and the Satanists. And technically occult just means hidden. So it's any stream or current of uh, thinking and or system of a development that has been kind of suppressed. Because, you know, like just to kind of a sh to say a little bit, like in the East, everyone knows about, you know, yoga and development and, you know, Buddhism and enlightenment. And they even have that for their people. But in the West, we just kind of, for, you know, thousands of years, we just kind of had go to church and believe in the Bible kind of thing. And there wasn't any kind of, you know, personal... Uh, development or personal spirituality, personal connection, you'd have, always have to go through an intermediary. But there actually always was something. It was just kind of suppressed. And so there's these currents of, you could say, mystical, occult, esoteric practice that, has been, that have been, you know, going, and they're still a living tradition. They've just been underground for a long, long, long time. In the West, they started, well, I mean, you know, there's debate about who it's, you know, kind of started with. The Kabbalists and the Gnostics and the Neoplatonists are like the oldest, the most OG. But around, you know, the Christians suppressed them for a long, for a long, long time. And a lot of them started to bleed into Christianity. And this is another thing. I'm not a Christian hater, but this is something that's actually quite interesting is a lot of clever occultists started becoming priests and like penetrating the church and using the church as a vehicle for esotericism. And so like, not to like throw random names at you, but there's one guy called Dionysus of Aphrodite or something. And he's like a Christian theologian. Like the word Dionysus is the God Dionysus, obviously, but you know how people are named after God, so that's the whole thing. But his tracts, people have like looked at and like read his stuff. And scholars nowadays believe that he was a Neoplatonist who just basically guised himself as a Christian and just like put a Christian like paint like over his system and just made it Christian and it just got adopted into Christianity. Like the whole idea of, you know, you know how Chris, some Christians are like, oh, my guardian angel was looking out for me. Like that whole belief actually comes from Neoplatonism. Neoplatonism talked about the inner daemon that would speak to you and that would teach you and that would guide you in life. And that daemon is different from demon, by the way. I don't want to like scare you away. No, no, no. I get what you're saying. Uh, what, you, what you're talking about is something that we've talked about on the show a lot. And it's mm. just like, you know, I just, I have, I have a podcast called Zero. It's on, the, it's on this uh, channel called, on uh, this website called Rockfin. And uh, we deal with spirituality. And I had a good friend of mine, my old, probably my oldest friend uh, in terms of how long I've been friends with him, El Dorado. And uh, we, he was talking about paganism within Christianity. Mm. Yes. And, you know, I've talked about this on the show where like, and listen, dude, I have zero problems with anybody's religion yes. uh, as long as you're not hurting people and as long as you're not <laughs> yeah. talking about, you know, some people are less than others. I, I can't stand any yeah. of that stuff. And not that you're doing that. I'm just, what I'm talking about is how each one of these major religions, uh, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, have this moment where a book is introduced and it changes mm -hmm. the, the trajectory trajectory excuse me of that of that religion and it's like who inter who interjected this book and and to me it's always the same people 
it's a, there's some Jesus. dark arts paganism and uh, i don't know if, and we'll get into later because you know i don't want to jump guns but you know good good magic versus bad magic you know and i i want mm. i want to take time with this show but you know there's somebody who interjects something and it was like mm -hmm. did they did they have to introduce uh, 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 paganism into Christianity to, in fact, get all these pagans to come on board with Christianity. Now, the religion itself is wonderful. I mean, that's my whole thing. Anything itself, it, it can be wonderful. It's the people. Any tool is great, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, an yeah. axe can be great if you got to cut down a tree for wood, but it also can you be used to hurt somebody. The axe itself isn't a problem. It's like the whole argument about guns, right? Guns. Gun itself isn't a problem. You can use gun to hunt. You can go, do, use gun to protect your property. But when it's used to shoot in a mass spree, now all of a sudden it's a tool of, of destruction. So I think that's kind of what we're getting into here is like, is this religion or mysticism or a cult like in the hands of good people or, or people with good intentions? It's wonderful. People with bad intentions, it could go, it could go awry, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. And that's the whole that's the whole kind of thing that ends up happening, that there's, there is a system of development, but the development or that perspective of the perspective, the esoteric perspective of a human is, is something similar to what Nietzsche said, that man is not merely an end. Man is a rope that stretches over an abyss and at one end is the animal and the other end is a superman. Although occultists would say like at the other end is a God. Yeah. Or they'd even, they, they'd even say something even more extreme but if I can, one of my favorite lines from occultism is they talk about th this world or this realm is not merely a planet. It is a womb that gives birth to two things, gods and demons. And so from the occult perspective of humans, we are all like little seeds or kind of like germs that can be worked in a specific way to grow. But you can grow in one of two ways. You can become a god or an angel and you can, you know, you can have faculties that awaken within you. Like there's the new age kind of faculties like telepathy and clairvoyance. But the thing that differentiates a white magician from a black magician is white magicians, their main faculty is healing. Whereas black magicians, their main faculty is hypnosis because they are, they're, a black magician is always obsessed with dominating other people. So why is it black? You know, you often, you often hear that a lot in uh, races, like, oh, why is it the black sheep? Why is it the black magician? Why is it the black hat? Well, black is negative. And then, you know, it's like, why is that color yeah. used to uh, infer, I don't want to say evil, but dark, uh, like not dark, because yeah, yeah. that'd be obvious, but like ill intent. But it, it, yeah, it is that. That's actually quite interesting. And that's one thing that I have, you know, that's, you could say a debate in the esoteric community. Some people don't like using the term black and white magic. And I, I'm in that category a little bit. Like a, a more helpful term to popularize would probably be low magic versus high magic. Now we're talking. That's what but, we're talking about. High frequency, low frequency, mm, which is very mm. much a Buddhist thing, which I'm very into mm. right now. High frequency, low frequency. I'm totally mm. down with that, man. So the low, the low frequency, the low magic would all go towards deif deifying the ego or increasing kind of, you know, or working with the animal side of man. So like man is two things. We're a mixture of animal and divine. Whereas high magic is all about, you know, the edification of everything great in us and the development of, you know, everything virtuous and good about humans. And then take, and not just that, but there's, there's a ladder. And we can, we can aspire and we can move up that ladder and become something else, become something more. I did. I think this is the best stuff. I love hearing about this because it just, you know, and it, it goes across so many disciplines mm. too. You know, it's like we talk about this great awakening that's coming right mm. now and how, uh, you know, my, my, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Q in Australia, the Q movement. All that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's very big in, in, in the United States. And there's all this debate about what represents. And the fact I just mentioned Q, the comment section will just lose its skull. <laughs> but, you know, for my whole thing is like, uh, you know, Q talks about this enlightenment. And, and I think it's great because you do see this, this, this uh, uh, era of enlightenment coming. Uh, mm. What sucks is that because Q is seen that it could be a possible psyop, and I'm not saying either way yeah. in this discussion right here, that's been co-opted 
and it, it, people all great away. Can you wear you cutard and stuff like that? But when you go across so many different disciplines, there is this talk about a great awakening. And what you're talking about is ascending yeah. right now. And I yeah. really love that thought, you know, and like yeah. you can ascend to a higher frequency if you, if you work on, on yourself and on your spirit and on your, mm-hmm. on your, on your chakras, let's say, or uh, maybe I yeah, shouldn't have said chakras, but your, your spirit, right? You can say, because sh- chakras are an Eastern thing, but in the West, there are still like a variance. I mean, in, a, in Christianity and self, it's like there's the seven seals or the, in mystical Christianity, they talk about the seven candles. So it's kind of universal. You can just call them magnetic centers. Some people like to call them that. What is, what is the biggest difference between Eastern esotericism? Let's just call it. Yeah, occultism. Man, I'm going to take a beat. This one, uh, <laughs> you know, Western occultism and Eastern occultism. I mean, in the in the end, it's all the same down at its core. But it's guys' difference, and it is from there is you know that races are different, and so there are certain practices that uh, uh, unlock the you know the mysteries within you easier if you're a Westerner and some that are easier if you're an Eastern. That's a little controversial, but yeah, there's some Rosicrucian. Don't stay authors there. Like, What's controversial about that? That's what I'm all about. Yeah. Well, there's, there's some Rosicrucian authors that, you know, kind of lay into Hatha yoga saying Hatha yoga is a wonderful system of awakening for like an Oriental or an Indian person, but it is a useless set of stretches that do nothing but to increase vanity in a Western person. And I was like, ooh, that's a little bit interesting. (laughs) Do you know that there was a city in the United States that banned yoga because they thought it was like like Satanism and stuff like that? It's just like, I just like, nobody's there like, dude, are we really going to do this? Are we really going to ban yoga? Saying because yeah. it's the work of the devil. Have you been to a yoga class? It's really close to heaven. Give me a room full of happy baby, and I'm a I'm a I'm a happy guy. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's such an interesting thing. I mean, and yoga's still a good system. Like if you're a Westerner, you're doing yoga. There's no need to be like, oh, time to throw it out. Like you can integrate it or use the practices that do work. And I mean, you know, and nowadays it's one of those things that. You know, with globalization, everyone's kind of mixing. So it's like, what do you do if you know, I don't know you're half Japanese, half German, or something? It's in a sense, everything's interbleeding and intermixing, and so the mysteries themselves, the occult schools, are mixing as well. And that that, that, that can be seen as a good thing. But I think I think important. blending is great. I don't. It's yeah. kind of like what Bruce it's Lee alchemical. did with JKD. You know, he kind of was doing mixed martial arts. Before there was mixed martial arts, which was, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take the best of all these disciplines and put, make them into one discipline. And I think that's the, I think that is like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Western civilization right now is just going through some real pains because there's some very powerful people mm-hmm. that are kind of like weaponizing uh, diversity. And I think Western civilization it's it's strength is that it's diversity you know like I, in yeah. los angeles i know everybody hates la but it's like we can go to uh, uh, uh you know we can we could jump in a taxi dr- driven by an armenian to a nightclub to listen to urban hip-hop you know uh music jump in a taxi driven by an indian man to a taco truck with your asian girl like to me that's like <laughs> the most wonderful thing about our culture yeah. And just, it's been used against us, of course. Um, mm, mm. But, so but I don't know, that, I think blending's the best thing. Yeah, and you do see that, like, you know, the Western magician will, will introduce, like, you know, Zen exercises to improve concentration, because, I don't know, some, it's also the thing about the Western tradition, because it's been so, uh, like, oppressed, there's kind of legends, and there's also lost knowledge. Like, the, take the Freemasons, for example, I think the truest thing, and, you know, the Freemasons are kind of controversial, but, the way my conspiracy theory of the conspiracy theory of the Freemasons is, is that they are a secret society that was used by other secret societies. And then once the agenda was fulfilled, they were gutted. And now they're just kind of like a bunch of old guys and aprons. But the most truest thing that I ever heard anyone say about it was Graham Hancock. Uh, and he, in an interview, he said, someone asked him about Freemasons. And he basically just said, Freemasons are custodians of rituals and symbols that not even they know the meaning of. And I was like, that's tragic, but true. I've got to- you know, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I do think, you know, that the whole thing was like, why sip? 
basically had used the Illuminati to, uh, mm. you know, kind of like secretly, you know, get into the, the Freemasons and mm. uh, kind of take over and push it to a certain direction. And I think the Freemasons uh, could be like any group out there. I mean, like, yeah. I, I think if you look at the CIA, right, let's take the CIA, right, which is, in my opinion, mm. Jesuit, right? If you if you think everybody at the CIA is involved in the in the dark art psyops that we we sit there, you can say the same thing about Mossad, like yeah. MI six. Like if you think everybody involved is involved in darkness, it would never it, it would never work. You have to have enough yes. people working towards what they believe is good, which is stopping you know people from committing violence and stuff. But there is always going to be this small dark secret society mm. within these groups that are mm. out causing chaos and using the resources of this giant group to, uh, you know, cause chaos. And I think that's a Freemasons. I think there's a lot of Freemasons who are really good people and they're trying to yeah. learn some great stuff, but there is this small group that's up to no good yeah. and causing I, like uh, just uh, trying to manipulate the masses. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a flaw in the system. Like cause in any, Hierarchy needs to exist, but because of like certain hierarchical structures or the way they function, like especially in things like Freemasonry or in Rosicrucian lodges, all it would take is for one imperator of Rosicrucianism or one like level 33 Freemasonry to become a black magician and then he can kind of corrupt everyone underneath him. Oh, yeah, but that's, yeah, yeah. Why, that's why in that sense, it's, you know, going back to like awakening, the, I always like to say the, the true revolution is the internal revolution because that's in a sense where it matters. Because if you can... If you awaken the consciousness, like, you know, if you gain a little bit of enlightenment, you basically become immune to most forms of hypnosis. And so the black magicians kind of lose their main weapon against you. And that's like, you know, that's what a lot of the main techniques lead towards. They say, you know, with practical magic, going, talking about Western esotericism again, they say like uh, the four like requirements you need to practice is control of the body, control of the breath need concentration and the you need to be able to visualize and with those like four tools you you're given certain techniques and it's interesting when you compare all of the systems around the world this includes even eastern and western they always start with one of two things and that's either a breathing exercise or a concentration or attention exercise that's that's one interesting thing to note so the attention is usually psychological like focusing the mind and the breathing exercise will be energetic like working and moving energies within the body to start to do something. Yeah. I think it, I, you know, it's so interesting. It's like, you're, you're, you're completely right. I, I, you know, I see it today in what's going on with this situation we're living in, you know, and how, I mean, my brother today just laid into me on for no reason Be, and he, you know, and I love him to death. We, every, like, six months, we have to have this fight. We're brothers. We love each other. But we have this, vi this, this uh, fight because he doesn't believe in anything um, conspiratory. You know, conspiratory. Wow. Conspiracy. Oh, he's I'm, a normie. I'm, I'm I, actually, I feel you. So, I feel you. You know, so my, my brother definitely um, does not believe in what we talk about here at all. And that's okay. I'm not, I'm not here to have conversations with people who only agree with me, uh, you know, but it's just like, he just, everything that these mainstream media people put out, my brother, in my opinion, uh, regurgitates a lot of it to mm. me. And, and it starts, it, it always starts every time being funny. And then it gets and not just with my brother, just as anybody I have a conversation with that does not believe mm. in conspiracies, right? It mm. starts as a joke and then something gets said and then it just, boom, blows up. Uh, I think everybody falls for these spells done by the mainstream media, that mm. it's all spells. And I'm not saying I'm enlightened. I flunked first grade. I've literally butchered four words in the, in the first 10 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> I'm not in any way trying to say I'm intelligent at all. I'm really not i'm just trying to understand i i like to study and learn i'm open-minded yeah. to it all but you see it happen all the time man just people falling for the tricks and in, in, in particular like the mental gymnastics people have to do to come to grips with like their team doing always right and the other team always doing it wrong and when their team gets accused of what the other team did 
how they can do the mental gymnastics to somehow come to grips with that. Either they weren't doing what they're accused of, even if there's all this evidence, or they did it for a certain reason, uh, and it's okay. It's not like what the other guy was doing, you know? And, and that's kind of what you're talking about, like this yeah. brainwashing that's going on. I find it so interesting because, especially in Western culture, I don't know a lot about the Eastern culture and the propaganda goes on over there, but I'm sure it happens as well. Definitely. But man, in American culture, the way they've divided us and got us all to hate the other side and mm. how people want to be right it's instead tragic. of do right. It's very interesting. dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's tragic. It's really tragic. And that's kind of the real tragedy in that sense is those, you know, there's so many people who, you know, they just kind of get churned in the wheel of nature. Like their occult, the occult destiny of most people is to like how I should just mention like how the transmigration of souls work is, you know, an essence comes into creation from a source, shall we say. And when it enters into the world of this realm, it first starts out kind of permeating existence or permeating the, the, what do you call it? The, um, the rocks, the mineral world. And then once it sort of develops, it then permeates plants. And this is where you get the idea of elementals and fairies from. Like each plants, plants have its own type of intelligence and consciousness. Oh, dude, and obviously not like, guess. obviously not like humans, but they do have their own like certain type of consciousness. You know, they've seen that in like mushrooms and certain trees. And things well, you like know, that. they say that, um, that, uh, plants have memory of, yeah. of like, oh, almost like we have past lives. They have memories mm. of like very long ago and like. When you eat them, you kind of eat that memory as well. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, and as the, as the essence progresses from the vegetable kingdom, it then works and goes into the animal kingdom. And this is the whole, you know, you develop in the animal kingdom as like a swan or a crow or a, or a lion or a horse or an eagle or whatever you want. Whatever animal you like, you probably will, whatever. But um, then you eventually become human. But as human, humans ha have a different opportunity because human consciousness and animal consciousness are different. And as human consciousness, because we have an opportunity, we also have an opportunity to go dark. And as that happens, our consciousness, it's like it becomes dense and is weighted. And if it gets too heavy, it then kind of just goes back down the wheel and gets recycled. And when you come into the earth, within the bowels of the earth is a purifying mechanism. And so then you just kind of go back up again and you slowly go through the and that, that process nature. takes centuries, like yeah. thousands of years. Right. I mean, like I mean, depending on how hard you degenerate as a human, but <laughs> like black magicians will probably go through that process, like through millions and millions of years, perhaps epochs. Whereas, you know, a, a normal person it could, they could just be one century. Who knows? That's crazy. I remember. So why I, would they do that? Do they know that they're going to come back? It, like, well, this if is, I'm going to go to the dark, let's talk in Jedi's, right? If I go to the yeah. dark side do, and I well, know I'm going to come back as uh, like, uh, I don't know, an, an emu or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. Why would I do that? Well, they have their own perspective and their own uh, beliefs. And there is a, a secret of the abyss. There's some people that say, or there's that perhaps like at the bottom of the abyss is a secret entrance that leads back to the absolute. And so you can either ascend the ladder or you can go so deep that you kind of break through and you get the other side is actually the top anyway. So it's this weird kind of thing where the absolute or the 13th Aeon or Gununga Gap or the illuminating void or whatever you want to call it, that thing, it's like, you know how Christians say, oh, the light or God is like light. Actually, there's something that is even before the light, the source of the light, which isn't light. And so this source, because we can't perceive it, it's black or it appears as black fire. And so black magicians, almost, it's almost in a way, they, don't, they, kind of, they want to go back to that great womb, that great darkness. And so in doing that, they, they're led astray by the darkness of the abyss. And so instead of going up, they just plunge themselves into the abyss. So there could be some kind of you know, instinctual trickery with a black magician. But in the end... <sighs> That's a very interesting question because it also has to do with like, you know, we all each has, we have an essence with like a person, when we come into creation, we split. We, we were once one entity, like a monad, but as we came through into creation, which is many layers, many dimensions, it's like a white light hitting a prison and a prison splits into many different colored lights. So we split into different parts. So it's not just that there's a lower self and a higher self. There are many parts of our being. 
And what a black magician does is he doesn't integrate with his being. He actually elaborates like his own creation. His ego becomes like a giant hydra with many heads. Yeah, and in the I end, do. He, he deifies himself, whereas the part of the white magic is, you could say, integrating with those higher parts of yourself. And yeah, so I do. Integrating, oh, look at that baby. In integrating with the higher parts of yourself. She, see, she's pure essence at the moment. Oh, yeah. She's pure essence. She yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Dude, standing is like her best thing. I don't want to divert from what you're saying because it's very <laughs> interesting. You know, um, you know, we have a whole, you know, within the conspiracy community, there is a lot of talk of uh, UFOs, aliens, okay? Mm. Uh, for me, man, uh, I, I think I, I go back to the high frequency, low frequency discussion and mm. that not all that aliens are from a different frequency, which is a different realm, mm -hmm. a different uh, dimension. And some of them are higher frequency. But I believe that there are lower frequency aliens from a darker realm. And, you know, the whole yeah. theory of, you know, the whole discussion has been like Anunnaki, right? The Anunnaki, mm -hmm. and they were aliens. But I, I, there's also talk about the 13 families making a deal mm -hmm. with lower realm demons, which could mm -hmm. be taken at, and I'm going to might get killed on this. And please let me know if I'm wrong on this comment section, but, um, they could be lower frequency demons and that these yeah. people made a deal to have all the riches and all the power of this realm. And at some point they're going to have to go down to the lower frequency uh, realms mm. and uh, stuff like that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that deal, you always got to ask like, what is it for? Is it for power? Is it for this? And I'll go, I'm going to like, I'm going to answer this question in a very roundabout way, in a very roundabout Aquarian way, I should say. But let's, um, I guess I'll ask, answer it in the same way of, because the answer to that question has to do with alchemy and immortality. Because what, like, you know, the, you know, the greedy people, the people at the top want, you know, they want to be immortal. That's why, what, you know, Peter Thiel injects himself with the blood of, like, friggin', was it uni students or something? Something weird like that, I remember reading. And, you know, there's all those conspiracy theories of adrenochrome and things like that and people, you know, can cannibalism in the, black, in the black schools. All of that stuff, you know, is tail-end black magic from Atlantis. But it all has to do with they're trying to gain a type of immortality. But there's a very interesting esoteric perspective of immortality, and that has to do with the secret of alchemy. So alchemy, you know, is turning wood into gold, but not really. It's, there is three different types of alchemy. There's herbal alchemy, mineral alchemy, and there's the great work. And the great work is symbolic. It's represented via symbols, and it's said only the initiates know what it's about. But what it's about is internal. It's an internal alchemy that can be somewhat tantric. But to use a metaphor, the metaphor is, I'll use as salt crystallization. So to get a little sciencey, but this is, you know, how salt crystallizes, you get crappy powder salt and you just put it in like a container of water, let it saturate. And then you, you boil the container. And when it gets to a certain degree, you put more and more powder in and it, the boiling of the water forces it to supersaturate. So then when it cools, crystals just start appearing in the water. And so that metaphor is us. Our body is the container. The water is our life force, which shouldn't be wasted. That's why, you know, there's lots of stuff in like certain religions about being, you know, kind of brutish or, you know, eating certain diets and, you know, having a healthy body and stuff. So the water is our life force. And then our spiritual practice or our, the ritual magic we do or the occult operations we do, all of those things have the purpose of gaining salts, which is, you could say, spiritual energy that permeates the person. That permeates the person, then we need to be a proper container as well so we don't lose it. And then that fire. The fire is interesting because the fire is love. And that love, love is interesting because we, we go from eros to agape. That love is something that uh, can be, you know, eros is the passion. That's the ancient Greek word, you know, the god eros but it's a type of passionate love, but it's also an intimate love. And through, through using basically, you could say the fire of love or through this uh, sexual energy, like, you know, with sex, what does it do? You basically create a new human, like a little baby, like what you're holding up. Oh yeah, that's man. Like, but that's like, 
you, you're basically using your sexual energy, your power that's godlike to create a new life. But that's when you send your energy outside yourself. But what happens when you send your energy inwards and upwards in a ritual act, you basically transmute using that flame of love and using all of the stuff that you've, or using all of that energy that you've sealed within yourself, something crystallizes within you, just like salt crystals crystallize within that water. And it's not, even though it comes from matter, it's not actually matter, it's a, a rarefied material. And so this idea is you create a secondary body that can survive the ray of death. And then this, this secondary body, your consciousness can survive the ray of death, I should say. And so in, most people, when they die, they just go to sleep. And then, or, you know, they may awaken in some afterlife and have a nice vacation, but by the time they're in a new body in the physical world, they've forgotten everything. Whereas if you crystallize something within you, that becomes a support. And it's like a checkpoint in a video game. You save your memories. So you have literally the memories of, you know, being in another body, in another time, in another space, in another creed or race. That's or whatever. so interesting. And you gain continuity of consciousness. You become a being with continuity, uh, a chronology outside of time and space. And so you can use this, you can gain knowledge. And you, this is why, this is my theory of like, why you see in ancient societies, how there's like, you know, sticks and stones, and then all of a sudden, whoops, oh, or they all of a sudden they have a writing system, which just appeared from nowhere. To me, that's like immortals. Oh, that's uh, so incarnating interesting. I never into that society. That. So this is what I'm getting at is there's two different types of humanity. There's 99.99% of the population on the planet. And then there's this other humanity that have continuous consciousness, that have an immortal consciousness, that even when they die, they can live in the astral plane or they can choose to incarnate again. That's and so interesting, humans. dude. I never thought about that, that, you know, these quantum leaps in technology could be because somebody kept the, the knowledge of past lives. That's mm, very interesting. Exactly. I do I mean, find that quite interesting. And um, it's just, it, 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 oh man, I had a thought there and it just disappeared. <laughs> man, I find this. So, I mean, like the Tibetan Book of the Dead, they talk about how you pick yeah. your parents and all that stuff. Exactly. It's like, oh man, it's, that's some really interesting. Oh, I remember what I want to talk about. <laughs> so when we talk about the ancient knowledge, mm. are we talking about, magic is mad listen what is up is really down that's what we've learned on the show we've done <laughs> 300 and something episodes and we've learned what is up is really down and there's been this long kind of con done by this very small group of people mm. to kind of uh you know fool us into uh thinking some very special stuff is actually stupid dumb and not important mm. so when i say hey man i'm in the magic someone's like oh dude do a trick for us. It's like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Come on, man. I want to pick a card. You're like, no, that's not it. Uh, come on, dude. Uh, are you, will you Chris angel? And like, no, dude, that's not what I'm talking about. And, and maybe that, and Craig, I don't want, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it is black magic. I mean, not black magic, magic, the ancient knowledge. And that over time, these people made us think, you know, magic is sawing a lady in half. In, in, in Vegas, in, in, yeah, in a yeah. giant show, you know? There, there is a bit of that. There's a bit of pomp and pageantry. But there are faculties that humans can have or legendarily have. There's, because you see from the like esoteric perspective or the occult anthropology of man, the occult anthropology is very different because in, in secret societies, obviously you don't say this like to normies who believe in evolution, but in the certain secret societies or esoteric societies, I should say, because there's a difference, they, the perspective is actually flipped. It's that man started off as something divine. We were closer to what gods were. And then we slowly degenerated and we lost our faculties. So the path of magic to a degree is regaining what we've lost. But, you know, you could say in black magic or low magic schools, they just end up going, oh, well, you know, let's try to work with a spirit or have this demon work with us or come into us and give us power. So they're relying on something else. It's almost like black magic or low magic is you know, people with a, who are using it as a crutch because they don't have the capacity themselves to reawaken or redevelop. It's very interesting in that sense. But yeah, it, there is that. And then there's that corruption as well that it then becomes you know, something uh, with illusions with soaring a lady in half. But there is the idea of you know, things like miracles, things like some physical world things as well. You know, who knows, telekinesis, pyromancy, 
things like that can perhaps exist. There are some, you know, it's very rare. It's very rare. Because one of the things about, uh, you could say, external magic faculties like that is, is they're very, very hard to develop. And not only that, but in this day and age, everything's so degenerated and the black magic, black, we're coming to the end at this moment. The earth works in cycles. Whoa, so, dude. Yeah. Go keep yeah, going, dude. Keep we're going. in the fifth of seven cycles. And so this fifth cycle is coming to an end. And then when it comes to an end, you know, there'll be a great purge and then some seeds of humanity will be taken into the next cycle and the sixth, the sixth new race will begin. So I guess I should just mention occult anthropology. There was the first race, and then there was the Hyperboreans, and then there was the Lemurians, who they had their own tragedy, and then there was the Atlanteans, and then there's our race, which is called the Aryan race, but it means everybody on the planet. It's not just blonde guys who are into nationalism. So we are all <laughs> the Aryan race. And then, then there'll be a sixth race and a seventh race. And then once the seventh race is done, that entire race, the entire planet will uh, be the, the experiment on the planet will end and the sun will have its so you're saying harvest. that like it's like a uh, tv show they'll just like hey did we want seven <laughs> seasons we're calling it a well, day well there will be a reboot eventually like you, you could say any all planets like the moon itself our moon is was the previous earth in a previous experiment that's why the, the moon is older than the, the in esoterically the moon is older than the planet the moon is a, a corpse of a planet and so there was an experiment that happened on the moon or whatever the moon is, and then it was done and finished. And then the moon was just kind of placed where it is. And then everything was transferred to a new realm or this realm. And so we go through the seven races in this realm. And then once, once that cycle is done and the cycles, what, what is this experiment for? The experiment is to have, you know, those people awaken to have immortals created, to have a solar harvest of angels and gods. And incidentally, most people turn to demons, which is tragic, but. What? what are demons? You talked about demons a little while ago. What are demons? All gods, the horrifying thing is, is all gods and demons, all, all they are, the things that we worship and fear, are humans from previous epochs that developed themselves. So there's the, what the, you know, you could say, what the, you know, the, like the Illuminati and things like that. What that really is, is dark immortals. People who have gained continuous consciousness, but instead of doing it for good, they've awoken in evil for evil. And so there's, you could say, the black immortals from the lower astral realm. And so they live in the astral realm and they manipulate humans on the surface, or they could even incarnate onto surface humans as well. But they're, they're the ones, you know, behind the bankers, behind the royal families, et cetera, et cetera. You could say all of those people on the planet who seem to have unlimited power, they are in the end mere pawns to the people who have like the actual faculties awakened and actual, you know, who can just hypnotize them with a glance and control. What is their purpose? What is demons purpose to, you know, we've had a uh, Buddhist on, they've talked about SAR seeds. Uh, Bob Galt was a wonderful guest. I, I, I plan on having her on very soon again. She talks about star seeds and these are, these are entities that are sent down to send humanity into a certain direction. Uh, what is the purpose of a demon? So this is actually ontologically a very interesting question. Because it means like you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> why did like, you know, why does God allow evil, et cetera, et cetera? So there's this interesting thing in Neoplatonism, Neo if I can go to that one, is like kind of different from Christianity in the sense they have a concept of God as this all. But if it's all, then all things usher from that God. Whereas in Christianity, God is just all good. So there's this idea that there is a left hand of God. And so there's this interesting thing that kind of states that, you know, for a person to truly triumph, there needs to be something to triumph over. Oh, interesting. So the head demons in the abyss, they kind of almost like realize that they've made a big mistake. But in kind of doing that, it's like they've almost gone too far down. And so they've trapped themselves. And so it's kind of like lobsters being boiled in a cauldron. They just kind of, there are other people coming down and they just kind of pull them down deeper. So they're in like a horrible situation. All they are is an obstacle set up by God so we can triumph over them. So they're almost like um, when somebody's drowning, they 
they and you go try to save them, they push you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the ones like, well, you could say like we're drowning and there's white magicians trying to pull us out of the water and there's black magicians trying to pull us down. It's so, in, dude, I totally believe all this. I totally believe all this, man. I think, I just think this world is so much more interesting in that. And like, we don't get to see a lot. And we actually see stuff, you know, we really see stuff, but it, it just, so many people don't see it that they don't want to hear about it. And mm. that's why they laugh. And they, I don't know for, uh, if there's a, there's a place where once you open up, it's, it's becomes Harry Potter. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if it's that kind of like, you know, shooting fireballs at people. I don't know any wow. of that. But I do think there is mysticism at work that a lot of people mm. are too afraid to even understand. Mm-mm. There's certain psychical powers that you can have a kind of magnetic influence over things in the physical world. There's interesting, I'll just kind of like, it's easier to just kind of point to literature because there's a lot of occult literature which just gets ignored and authors that just get ignored, like, you know, by the mainstream. But I mean, if I can just like name drop it, like everyone should just go read, you know, Rudolf Steiner, Franz Hartmann, Samuel Aaron Vior, you know, P.D. Ospensky, uh, Franz Baden. Yeah, everyone should buy Initiation into Hermetics, like the Yellow Book. They should just start getting into it. Because that's one thing. So, so uh, later on, will you send me an email, the, all these books? I, I want <laughs> sure. to include them in the description. Can I just, like, uh, just say like my top like, five favorite books for like, beginners in esotericism? The top one would be The Dayspring of Youth, because that's like a foundational document, and it's better than the goddamn Kabbalion. Look, Kabbalion's great for everyone listening. It's great. I love the Kabbalion. I've read the Kabbalion multiple times, but it's not the Dayspring of Youth is better, trust me. And so Dayspring of Youth. And then there's which is yeah, Dayspring of Youth. And then after that would be With the Adepts by Franz Hartmann, which is a story, so it's easy to read. It's like about a hundred pages. You can read it over a week. Boom, weekend. that's my kind of book. But it's literally like Franz Hartmann and it talks about how he went like mountain climbing. So the first chapter is ultra boring, but then he goes into like a crack through a mountain and he like appears in this like huge temple, the secret temple in the mountain. And there's this guy in a yellow robe who says like, come with me, let me show you around. And he meets Paracelsus and he gets taught the, like, the, about the universal mind and the secrets of alchemy. It's like, it's an awesome freaking book. And so there's that. And then, well, oh yeah, In Search of the Miraculous by P.D. Ospensky. Mwah. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm just going off. I'm just going off. Dude, now. enjoy. I'm all about this section. Uh, I'm all uh, about so, that act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ospensky is interesting because he learned from a guy called Gurdjieff, who is interesting. Gurdjieff's, some people don't know whether he's kind of white or black because he was a bit of a crazy wisdom master. George Ivanovich Gurdjieff. He was born a Greek Armenian in what was Russia, but is now Turkey. And he disappeared and went to the East. And when he came back, he had knowledge, but no one really knows where he got it from. And he spoke in a very particular way and had his own cosmology. And so it's unique from any other system. But the interesting thing about Gurdjieff is it's not that helpful to read his books because like the talk of Gurdjieff would just kind of like, trip people up deliberately. So there's this whole kind of thing of like, he would write his books and take it to his most advanced students and read it out to them. And if they understood what he was saying, he would go back and re- rewrite it to be harder to understand. So it's better to read Ospensky, who was his best student. So In Search of the Miraculous is actually like a found, like foundation for like psychology and cosmology and the way it, it's just, it's like a beautiful system because it can just connect to anything. Like you can read that book and then go do Zen or read that book and go do Raja Yoga or read that Damn. book and go do like Vajrayana, Tibetan Buddhism, Thunder Diamond Path or whatever you want. It's really good. And then probably, what would be some other good ones? Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism by Chogyam Trungpa, even though that's not Western. Chogyam Trungpa was a Buddhist who, he was one of the first Buddhists that came to the West, but he, I think, really understood like the Western way of thinking. And that book, Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, that's like spiritual materialism. It sounds like an oxymoron, but that's what a lot of new age kind of people fall into. And so the first half of that book is him kind of intro to Buddhism slash kind of slapping his hippie students around. And then the second end of that book is he goes through some of the most advanced Buddhist concepts in, the, in a simple way that anyone can understand. It blew my mind. 
And at the I end, he gives down it, with that. It's, it's so good. It's, and he Let gives me ask you something real quick. Yeah? I, I want to ask you something because I'm thinking yeah. about magic and I'm going back to this Harry Potter sending fireballs. Mm. And is it really that? Is, is magic not really like hocus pocus and, you know, a lightning ball bolts shoot <laughs> out of my hands? Is it more about affecting the the simulation, right? Am I, there, am I doing stuff that affects the energy around me? Mm. There is that. There's like the, you could say, the manipulation of nature and the things that happen with that. But that's like the thing that the movies get wrong and the TV shows get wrong is it's, they make it easy. It's just the boy is born preordained and he just goes to school and picks up a wand and you say a couple of words and boom, that's magic. Whereas the, and also there's like a couple of shows that are magic shows where everyone's like drinking and getting drunk. And I'm like, bro, that would not work. <laughs> Cause like the alcohol would just like mix like with your internal energy. Dude, nobody likes a drunk magician. I'll tell you that right yeah. now. But um, walking around doing spell shit face. Nobody like, likes that. Let me, there's one famous video online that people love to debate over, but there's this guy called John Chang and he's a Taoist master. And he, like, you can just go type John Chang video onto YouTube, and he's like this guy who uses Qigong, but he, or Mo Pai Ni Gong, and he lights like a paper on fire with his chi. And that's like really interesting. But the thing oh, about that is. What does he is, do? He just lights it with his chi? Yeah, he puts his hand over like a scratched up piece of paper, and it just lights on fire. And then there's other bits in the video where he's like touching people and they get electric shocks and stuff like that. But if you read. Well, he, didn't, he never wrote a book, but two of his Western students wrote books. And if you read the literature, his system is like 10 years meditating on a point in the body to build up energy. And then after that, you have to crush that and it spend other, like more time crushing that energy so it doubles up so you have twice the amount of energy than a normal person. Then spend, there's, he said the next process is very difficult because you need to meditate every day for three hours minimum moving the energy practice moving it and then he said the fourth phase the most esoteric phase is where you send that energy to a certain place like the perineum and by a magnetic affinity affinity it pulls the second pot so there's like a you know kind of like electricity kind of how it works it pulls this other type of energy towards it magnetically and then when you pull it back into your body you then have these two kind of orbs of energy and then you smash them together within your body and it creates a yin yang and then he says the rest of the system is merely projecting fields of yin energy and then manipulating things in the field of yin energy with your yang energy. But for him, it's like to just get to that phase, it's like 20 years. It's that like is 20 a, years I mean, work. like, you know, what's so interesting is this like people listening like 20 years, forget that. It's yeah, like exactly. it took me 25 years in stand up comedy to get to where I was, you know, mm. like what level and what time I became a master. I don't know. Uh, I bet you read the comments and they'll say, I still am not a master. I know that. I, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on how bad my comedy is. But uh, I mean, it's just so when you say 20 years, that sounds crazy. But to me, that, there's a Western thought of if I want it right now. Yeah. And, you know, the truth is, is like everything takes time. Mm. And if, if sounds like you got to do three, three hours of meditation, that sounds crazy to mm, us minimum outside that are not in that, that type of uh, uh, belief system, genre uh, 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 wanting to uh, achieve that type of enlightenment. But to somebody that wants it, I think that makes sense that you would have yeah. to be that long to go and mm. master some, anything worth it is going to take time. Anything that happens overnight is just disposable. In my mm, opinion. Mm. And so, yeah, in the, in the Western tradition, there is that, like, you know, manipulating elementals and all the energies of the body. The four elements, earth, uh, water, fire, and air, are, permeate the body as different types of energies. And so different effects are made by mixing them. So, like, the projection of the earth element could, like, make people fall asleep or something. Or the projection of the heat element, you could say, is like, you know, Wim Hof breathing, like, you know, you never get cold or something like that. The, something like shooting electricity would be something very advanced. Like you're moving from earth to fire, you're sublimating that energy really quickly and it creates like a spark of electricity. So that's, that's awesome. how you do Sith lightning or something. But in the end, all this. <laughs> in the end, a lot of the, 
a lot of the development that entails, because that's like psychical powers, you could say, but then there's certain spiritual powers like astral projection. And that's, in a sense, more uh, pertinent to try and awaken, because if you have continuous consciousness, and then when you go to a you, when you go to a sleep, you are awake, even though you're asleep, i.e. you go to sleep at bed and you come out your astral body and you, you have, to that degree, you have a continuous consciousness. So it, practicing that is more pertinent because then when you die, then you have all that, you could say, astral, astral projection experience. You can kind of make it through the after death Manipulate what you're doing. Yeah, that, uh, that, that after death stage in the, because when you die, you go to the astral. And so, or your process through the astral. So you can kind of make it through all the Dude, little, all the little stages and all the little bardos as the Tibetans talk about in their book of the dead and kind of make it out with your memories intact or even leave creation for people who don't even want to like do development or they don't want to become a God or a demon. There is like a back, back, back door. Whereas there's those people who just reject creation completely entirely. And if they yearn it enough, it said, when you die, if you die and you pray to your, you know, your inner father and your divine mother, they can come and dissolve everything that, you know, kind of happened to you in life, all of your ego, all in one hit between the bardo. But you don't take any wisdom and you don't crystallize anything. So you literally turn into like back to a, a primal essence and you just get reabsorbed into the absolute. A description, there's, there's one author, what is it, Samuel Vior? He talked about how he, he was a guy, he's one of those... Uh, some occultists are born with, he was one of the occultists who was born with memories of his past lives and he could astro project from the time he was a kid. But he said he, has a, he had a memory of being in ancient Egypt, in a secret order in ancient Egypt. And he said he had a friend who he wanted to initiate into that order, but his friend was too afraid. However, his friend didn't want to be a part of creation anymore. And so he struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled. And he said at his friend's death, when his friend died, he saw clairvoyantly, internally in the astral, he saw his friend, uh, he saw him dissolve and turn into a beautiful maiden. And then the maiden reversed and aged and became a small little girl. And then the little girl was just absorbed into the absolute. And he like, oh my God, creation. I love this dude. But he said his friend basically, it's being in the absolute, you participate in the mysteries of the absolute, how like an ant would understand our world, like an ant would understand what humans do. In a sense, you can't. So when you go back to the absolute in that state, even though you're in the absolute, you kind of face into creation and you look into creation. And so he said that his friend is looking into creation, waiting for a golden age so he can kind of come back and not suffer as much and do the work. That's incredible. I love all of this. So I want to end on this because, uh, we, and Adam, I will have you back. Adam, I feel like you and I would make the best buddy <laughs> cop team ever. Yes. Like you're analytical about solving the crimes and I'm just like, get the guns out and start shooting everybody. So I <laughs> yeah, think we, we should do a buddy cop film. I want to end up, end on this. What is God? Oof. What is God? God is a great ocean of fire. And out of that fire comes a flame, and out of that flame comes a spark. And out of that spark is a ray, and we are a fractal of that ray. So God permeates everything. We are all God, gods? Are we all part of God? We are all part of the economy of God. God is, to, like, let, let, let me just, even though you just said to end it, let me just uh, explain. The earth itself is living, or the realm we're in is like living, it's permeated. But there's also one consciousness that regulates everything. But he answers to someone, and he answers to the consciousness of the sun. It's the sun who regulates the solar system. And that consciousness, that celestial entity, he answers to someone as well. That's the entity of the sun. He answers to the star Sirius, who regulates everything into the galaxy. And the star Sirius, that celestial entity, answers to the entity that regulates the universe. And God, God is the, the being or the satiety. Satiety is different from deity. It's beyond deity. God is the thing that regulates all the multiple universes. And he watches our universe intently, waiting for the, exper waiting for the results of his experiment. God, I think, I, dude, I, listen to me, man. It's all namaste, right? It's all like God <laughs> is in all of us, right? I mean, and, and it's just like when I watch these people fighting with each other, mm. okay, it, it drives me nuts. 
where they're fighting over black versus white, man versus woman, straight versus gay, all these different genders, all these different ethnic groups. It's just like we're all the same, man. And they're just, it's these low frequency demons getting us all to fight with each other. Mm. That's my opinion. That's my, Adam, listen, brother, I'm dead serious. I love talking to you. And uh, I, dude, we have so much to get into. Black Lodge, I want, I just, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get you back in and we gotta do this ASAP. Uh, it was a wonderful conversation. You're, you're a very calming dude and I am just, you know. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. What's the two different kinds of weed, Johnny? Sativa and, um, we're the two different, what? Indica. Indica and sativa. That's you and I, brother. Uh, I appreciate you, Adam. One more time, please tell them. It, on the internet where they can find you if you want them to find you uh please actually don't find me i want to <laughs> remain hidden I'm, I'm just doing i'm just doing this so people who are like me know that there's this this knowledge is out there and it exists go read some samael go read some Gurdjieff, go read some franz Barton. start hey. some groups hey start some reading i group. want you to uh send in our email, send me those books you mentioned, and I must start doing that. I must start going back to book club. I know I got away from it, but I think I'm gonna get back to the book club. So we all we all read some books and uh, get those books on there, and let's talk about. It. And Adam, let's get you a date back on because I want to get into Black Lodge and man, we the great we're all that stuff, man. We we just kind of just had a fun conversation, but there was definitely. Some stuff I want to get back to. Brother, I appreciate you coming out. I appreciate you working with me when I had to uh, reschedule. So thank you, brother. If I ever make it out to Australia, I'd like to meet you. If you can show up in secret. And uh, we we will talk very soon, my friend. Okay. Thank you very much. Adam, you're the best, man. I appreciate you, Johnny. Thank you so much. Guys, uh, please don't go find Adam. Adam just wants to be quietly by himself. If you do try to find him, I'm sure he'll just jump into his phone booth and go to another dimension because that's how detectives like him are. I appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you guys soon and we'll talk and we'll do it again. Thanks for all your support, guys.